Hello, everyone. Welcome to this podcast. My name is Martine. Here is my co-host, Charlie. And you're going to be on a ride for this one. Charlie, tell the nice viewers at home what they're listening to. Oh, yeah. This podcast is going to be awesome. Uh, I think it's something that we're both excited about. Um, to share a little bit about myself, uh, you know, as Martine mentioned, I'm Charlie. My first name is actually Chichai, uh, which is Thai. Uh, my family is Thai. Uh, you know, I grew up in a first-generation Thai household. You know, we'll get to a little bit more about that, I'm sure, um, as we go along. But uh, I work, for me, in the field of coaching. So I do a lot of coaching for um, – you know, the mental health field. So that's really what I'm passionate about. But I think what led me to want to reach out to Martine to create this podcast was really about talking about culture. You know, we're really trying to learn more about different cultures that are out there, learning about each other's cultures, and hopefully bring on some guests to talk more about that. Yeah. Give a little bit of background by yourself, Martine. I will. So I am currently working in the media and entertainment industry, and I work in advertising. So it's, it brings me a good like perspective from there, but right 100% with Charlie on that, like this podcast is a great opportunity for us to express stories that we feel like the media is not representing as well and bring on individuals who have stories and experiences that are worth sharing. And like Charlie, I met Charlie, he was a mentor for me for a couple of years and he's always been such a great close friend. So it's really fun to be able to do something so important and like so fulfilling for us right here with this podcast. Yeah, it just made sense. I mean, yeah, it, you it know, makes like, sense. Like yeah. our conversations are typically like this too. So like, it's really cool to put this on like an outlet where other people can like maybe they relate or they have some comments on their own that we can definitely dive into. But yeah, I'm much so. super excited for like future guests once this podcast gets rolling. Yeah, and and I think too like with with this podcast, it's it's really a way you know in no way to say like our opinions or facts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's really just sort of a perspective, and and I think the more you know, the world, especially during these times can get like different perspectives. And honestly, to just learn about culture, because, you know, we'll start to get into it, but culture isn't very much like a generalized thing. It's not widespread, like, oh, hey, you know, like I, you know, Charlie does not represent all of what is Thai culture, but Mm -hmm. I can at least share what my perspective is. And, and I hope, you know, especially in the context of what's going on in the world right now in the Asian community, I, I hope it can really sort of bring to light that, hey, you know what, as, as an Asian person in Asian culture, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to appreciate even uh, about the culture. So yeah. we'll definitely get into that. Most definitely. And honestly, like with this opportunity to share about culture and experiences, we're like the United States is such a melting pot where we're welcomed and like introduced to so many different backgrounds and like individuals from, some, from so many different parts of the world. And we're like, that can be through, um, like television, film, some kind of content, right? But it can also be through like food and activities where like we're introduced to something that we're not naturally used to. Like, for example, um, I grew up in a very Mexican household. So like where I came from my roots before heading to college, there wasn't really many foods outside of like the standard, like Mexican, like taqueria or like restaurant, or even like the standard, like, um, you know, steak, fast food chain or or a steak chain restaurant like an Applebee's or an Outback or like any kind of burger joint so like meeting Charlie and telling him that like oh yeah I haven't had like for example dim sum he was like oh boy we're gonna try dim sum and he he took me and like the experience is so crazy because it's like 
walking to the restaurant, there's just so much going on. Like, it's just like, it's such a dynamic environment where like things are happening all in one moment. And you don't traditionally order off a menu. They bring you like food that you can pick off a cart. And that's so epic. It's kind of like, oh, I wasn't thinking about ordering that, but that looks great. So yeah, I'll take that. It's just, it's so cool. So like once you dive into that world of like trying foods you didn't traditionally grow up with or your family doesn't make themselves, it just opens you to so many different like people, so many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think that podcast could do a good job delivering that. Yeah. And I, and I think what's, you know, a great starting point for us is really food. You know, it's just something yeah. that we share that we love. And I think a lot of people we connect with in terms of food as well. And, and I think, you know, one, one segment, I think we want to try to build and keep consistent throughout our, our podcast episode is really talking about, Hey, you know, what's a food that we tried recently um, or even a place that we tried recently and being able to highlight that because, you know, of course, right now, especially during the pandemic, let's, mm-hmm. we want to try to support local businesses as much as possible. And, you know, I think for us, we try a lot of places. We want to share it with people and be able to hopefully, you know, have other people try it as well. Yeah, no, most definitely. And like the cool thing about food and not just only food is that when you're older, you tend to be a little more hesitant trying these kind of things. And same with like a new open mind, this podcast really does aim to help um, people who are younger trying to find their identities, try to understand like what culture means to them or what this world means to them. And we're hoping that this podcast can help deliver information to open your mind and start that conversation because things are not just black and white. And there are there is a significantly huge gray area where things are not always like good versus evil either. So hopefully we can help those individuals who are like, maybe they grew up in conservative families, maybe they grew up in progressive families and they're just trying to understand the other side. And maybe we can try to help find the, the middle place where like there's a reason why each side thinks one way. Now it's up to you to choose what you think is right. For sure. I mean, honestly, we're just all we're doing is we're really bringing information and and providing more information. And uh, something I was actually thinking about the other day was that like, you know, with food, it's something that more often than not, it kind of does bring people together. I mean, Mm -hmm. share meals with people, you know, you enjoy food of different cultures and trying those. And, And it makes me think like, okay, that's a point where people can be able to come together. Now, there's a whole world out there of other things that sort of is more divisive, you know, of course, mm-hmm. you know, politics, religion, worldviews and all that stuff. And I wonder if it could ever be a point where the more we start to know about people's cultures and just who they are, you know, what they bring, it, it could sort of bring people together as well, you know, as food has, at least that's my hope in the world. <laughs> yeah. I dude, food is such a way to unite people. Like for example, um, so with this pandemic, obviously we can't really like socialize in a closed space. So a few weeks ago, um, one of our friends saw an Instagram story I posted like months ago of this hot Cheeto pizza from Rosemead, California. And she messaged me one week and like, Hey, would you guys want to meet up in the parking lot of that pizza place and just share pizza? And we we're like, yeah, I bet. And we went out to Rosemead to actually order the hot Cheeto pizza. And it was like Talk such about, a- uh, Rose City Pizza? Yes, sir. Rose City Pizza. I want to try pizza. that place. I try that place. Dude, the wings are great. The, the tater tots are great. We've only had that same pizza, but I do want to try the other ones to see like how their traditional pizzas are. They have an Al Pastor pizza, mm-hmm. which is like, sounds intense to me and I just want to try it. 
but still like it's a great way like even though like we can't really hang out in person like it was that sick like it was just that minimal idea of like let's just sit in the parking lot distance have a box to share and we just grab our slices and go back to our our, our like um respected sites and we just like chat while you're just like eating a pizza and it's just like so much fun all right i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you sort of a I don't know if it'll become a controversial question, but I want we'll get all there. The controversial. Is it, is it pineapple and ham on pizza? Oh no, we all, we know the right answer to that one. That one's a, <laughs> that one's a golden yes. Uh, if you if y'all hate pineapple, we have a problem on pizza. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> before you ask your question, let me like I'm okay with pineapple and pizza. Like okay, my my dad right. my dad would order pineapple and ham as his pizza topping when we would like get our respective pizzas um, growing up. And I was teasing my friend about this because I wasn't sure what her answer was either. So I was like, I sent her a meme about like how pineapple on pizza, Ugh. of course, I just thought, I think it's funny. And she, she went off on me, Charlie. I can't tell you, like, she was just like, message after message, like, how dare you? And like attack this, the most sacred part of the pizza. Pizza is nothing without pineapple. And I'm like, damn, damn. I really, I really like, hit a nerve right there triggered so it was hella <laughs> triggered dude like i think she's still mad at me and i told her no don't worry i like pineapple i like pineapple. <laughs> i think i ruined my friendship but yes bring it on all right how do you feel about cold pizza cold pizza you mean just like pizza in the box after like a few hours just go and grab yeah. it yep um i'm not against it i'd rather heat up my pizza but if it's cold um you know what i would do growing up because you know mexicans we love our lemon we would get our cold pizza, right? We would like, um, drench, we would like add a, sizz, a drizzle, I don't know, a Parmesan cheese, like powdered mm -hmm. Parmesan, mm -hmm. and then we'll put lemon on it, right? And then we put it in the mm. microwave, heat it up, and it just like, it adds such a taste to it. It's, it's, I know some people be like, dude, that's sour. Why would you do that? I'm like, no, 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 it's good. Trust me. That sounds Because we Mexicans, good, we add mm. like hot sauce and lemons to our chips. Like yeah. our chips are like, they're, they're soggy, but that's, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> like i don't know it's like with um dosti locals it's like a is a it's a serving a chip like drowned in like um clamato tomato mm -hmm. juice with mm -hmm. like chamoy which is like a sweet spicy sauce and lemon and then it's like served with cacahuates which are peanuts and uh takitakis which are like um small little chewy spicy candies mm -hmm. and that's what the the it's like a dosti loco or dorito loco whatever your chip is plus loco so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, cold pizza is fine. I don't hate it. I'd rather heat it up, but I also mm. eat it. I don't mind. I, I am very much against cold pizza. Oh, okay. Mainly okay. because I have a thing <laughs> about food. Like, I, 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 I like food, the temperature that I guess I first had it, or it should, the temperature should be, I suppose. Like, pizza, like, I have to have it hot. And, and, and to the point where it's like, it's gonna burn my mouth and i have to do that like <laughs> thing you know like the, the breathing thing where you're trying to get air out of your mouth and try to cool down the food like it has to be at that temperature just i don't know i feel like certain foods it just kind of has to be that way like ramen Dude. scorching hot i, I yeah, want so it that see, way i agree with you because i can't do a soup or a broth cold like i just find that ridiculous like how do you do it because for me it makes it kind of gives me chills in a bad way i'm kind of like Ugh, like I don't know how to say in English, but it gives me asco. Like it makes me feel kind of like, ugh, like mm, disgusted. Mm, mm -hmm. Like a cold soup is, I don't find that delicious at all. Like I, I need my soup hot. <laughs> so I'm with you there, but cold sandwich or hot sandwich? It depends on the sandwich. Uh, turkey. Turkey sandwich. 
Uh, I guess I there's different like, types of turkey, but there's deli yeah, yeah, turkey exactly. and there's Thanksgiving mm-hmm. turkey. I guess exactly. Yeah, it's like mess up there. Tur- turkey sandwich, you know, with the Thanksgiving one, hot. Yeah, that deli sandwich, cold. So. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. I feel like you know, it, it's funny. We started off with yeah, food brings people together, and then we have like we're like posing each other. I'm against. I'm against cold pizza now. But I don't know. I, the thing well, is, we're like, still friends at the end of the day. Hey, you know. Well, because like <laughs> the thing is, like, and I've been told by this because of like the um of the horoscope stuff because I'm a Libra and I guess Libras are very balanced and then always in the middle, and I guess that does relate to me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty balanced. I I always liked the balanced stuff when it came to school because I never felt like I struggled in any kind of like uh subject, but I never excelled. I was always like proficient. I'm like, yeah, I get it. If you want me to be the best at math, I can't, but I'm not the worst at math. I'm like, I'm always just like, I'm good. I'm always just good. You're average. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Hey man, there's a reason why I use the word. I'm good. (laughs) Proficient. Proficient is the four on the five skills. Proficient is the nice way of saying average. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't think of another controversial, like I think the most controversial food topics are like pineapple on pizza. And like you said, cold cold pizza itself or other cold foods like what's another one um do you prefer vanilla or chocolate i guess that's the other controversial subject at hand i'm actually like i don't know like i feel like i'm I, i'm not i don't have a fit affinity for either i like I'm, I'm the type of person that like when you give me a neapolitan ice cream i will eat the strawberry oh okay like i love the strawberry but people yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> you're like my girlfriend she loves the strawberry yeah, dude, the strawberry's bomb. Um, for me, I'm a vanilla type. I go right for the vanilla. Another basic personality of mine. You could say you're pretty vanilla. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> the, the white passing Mexican that I am. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream topping? Mine's mint. Ice cream topping? Or not topping, sorry. I guess flavor, sorry. Oh, flavor. Oh, coffee. Yeah, I don't know sure. why I said mint or as a topping. Yeah, mint oh. chocolate chip is my favorite as a flavor. Nice. Yeah, favorite I'm coffee? A coffee. yeah, I'm a coffee ice cream person. So are you also like a fan of coffee cakes? uh I, I don't feel like i've had too many coffee cakes to make a judgment on that have you ever had um the last leches for a cake no i haven't so the last leches are like i'm sure you know about it right it's like that mm-hmm. very like milky like wet cake like when you cut into it like a, like you can see the milk kind of pouring out mm-hmm. like you know when you like let's say you have a piece of bread and you dip in your milk yeah and it gets kind of like soggy and like you can see the milk kind of like dripping mm-hmm. out of it yeah that's pretty much the essence of it is it like super sweet yeah, it is a sweet base coffee okay. cake. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, with me, like I, I tend to not to like super, super sweet things. Yeah. Um, like people who like like pecan pies, like, like that's cool. That's just not for me. Oh, because the, the pecans are like caramelized, like sugared, right? Sweet yeah. as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I'm anti frosting on cakes. I hate frosting on cakes. I'm like the bread. I'm for the bread. Like so, like you said, with coffee cake. Yeah, mm. for sure. Like I don't do frosting. Like mm-hmm. like I said, I don't like the like you like you mentioned. I hate the, I hate the sweet texture of it. It's just pure sugar. Like there's nothing yeah. else to it. It's just like legit sugar. Yeah. On your sugar cake. <laughs> you would probably hate fondant then. Fond? F- fondant? Are you familiar? What's fondant? Fondant is like when they like when you see those like decorating, sh- cake oh, decorating shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of chewy, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I've had it before. I wasn't a fan. Yeah. But I'm not really a cake person. I'm more of a pie and muffin. Like, mm. if you told me cupcakes, I'd be like, oh, can I have a muffin instead? Like, I'm mm. more muffin. I, I don't care about the frosting. I just want the bread. Mm-hmm. I'm a bread guy. 
You're a bread guy. But yeah. speaking of bread, I remember that avocado house you took me to? Yeah. And we got like the, it was like toast, right? And you dipped into the caramel or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, that was good. Okay. That was really good. Shout See, out avocado house in Chino, California. Yeah, yeah. Another <laughs> local business. Like yeah. so good. So good. And I think that was the only thing we got, right? We, we didn't get breakfast because we were heading over to eat something else. Yeah, but that Look was at us. fat asses going to eat more food. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, starts off the morning with a sugary dessert. Like, the hell was wrong with that? Then you go over to get tea. Then you head over to a barbecue, Dude. With all like with pork <laughs> belly and steak and burgers. It's like that's how we do. That's how we do it. And and, then- <laughs> and if people ever see us in person, like we're oh, we're yeah. two we're two skinny guys. I mean, like we just can eat. We eat a lot. That's all we. Do, but we don't get. Oh, you know what was a lot when we when we did the the food thing in san gabriel valley we started with dim sum mm-hmm. then we got boba then mm-hmm. we got chicken popcorn like popcorn chicken ramen mm-hmm. and then we got like the the toast like the jenga toast dessert which yeah. i still crave to this day and it, it's so much fun because it looks like a jenga set but it's yes. like breadsticks right kind of like or toast i don't know how to describe it and it's like oh it's so good dude Shout out uh, Oh My Pan in San Gabriel, California. That's where you can find the Jenga brick toast. <laughs> uh, shout out, what was it? Capital something for the dinner? Capital song? Seafood Capital in seafood. Um, Monterey Park. And I forgot the popcorn chicken place, but <laughs> Kosuke Ramen. Keep um, it going, keep it going. <laughs> and um, Bopo Mofo for the Boba. And uh, Look at all these small businesses we're shouting out. <laughs> all these small businesses. Even more, um, Kogi Takaria Truck in LA for Mexican Korean fusion, mm. which is what I had this week, actually. I, okay, actually, tell I me got about it today. It. Yeah, yeah, so like, I know about the Kogi because I would watch the chef show on Netflix and it's mm-hmm. featuring Roy Choi, who is like this world renowned like uh, chef who started like helping. He, I guess he's part of the development of the LA food truck scene back in the 90s up until today. And um, John Favreau, who's also like one of the big guys in Marvel and Star Wars, part with Disney right now, helping crew, crew, like, Produced Mandalorian, plays Happy in the, in the MCU, helped direct, not even helped direct, he did direct Iron Man and all those other films. So two big guys. And Roy would talk about his fast food, as like fast food, um, Korean Mexican food truck. And I found out that it's only like a block away from here. So I ordered something and I got a short rib um, Kogu burrito. That like sounds bomb. Short rib burrito with like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this one had kimchi in it, but you can get kimchi as a, as a filling if you like. I got a spicy pork taco with like onion, cilantro, and other kind of stuff. And I also got a um, quesadilla with spicy pork. So it's a lot of good food. Yeah. Oof. My food that I tried this week. Um, so I, it was a trek to try to get it. I'll tell you this. Uh, so, you know, I live probably about maybe like a couple hours outside of LA. And so it was my wife's birthday this past week. And I was thinking about getting her something from um good belly which is like a um i think it's called good belly gold belly something like that it's an online subscription thing where you can order food and you, you get sent out from like different restaurants around the country i was gonna do that but we figured it was gonna be too expensive and shipping was gonna be you know not weren't sure we we're gonna get it so but she saw something on there that she wanted which was a babka um a babka is essentially a uh like a bread Think of it kind of a mixture between a bread and like cake. Um, so the one I got was a chocolate hazelnut babka uh, from this place called Cake Monkey in LA. And 
Bobka, um, it is, you know, sort of Polish, Ukraine, sort of a Jewish um, type of bread. And so it was pretty good. I mean, it, you know, the, the texture of it is kind of a little bit harder. You got to warm it up, but the, the taste of it, it, it really does take a, it tastes like a chocolate cake. Yeah. And <laughs> you, know? you, and you, and when I looked it up after you first told me about it, it looks fantastic. It's a loaf. Like, it's a loaf. It's a whole ass loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And what was cool is like, like I was, we were looking it uh, up afterwards, like, okay, we have a loaf of bread. I mean, it's, we're going to have to friggin' eat this thing. Yeah. And so we decided this morning we were, we were going to make French toast out of it. And did you? If we did. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so legit. It was pretty good. <laughs> wow. And now it makes me wonder just just be just be a little freaky with it what if you cut two slices of bread <laughs> from the loaf and put like meat in the middle for like a sandwich that's pretty freaky right? <laughs> it's it just, it just me being curious that's so cool dude like you, you topped me for this week's adventures <laughs> that's so dude like i'm i'm a, i don't know man like i'm more of a meat person than i am desserts mm, because mm. i do love my desserts at times like i can go for ice cream i can go for like most breaded foods or chips and all that kind of, or cookies and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'd rather just have like a nice warm, like type of food meal mm-hmm. over a dessert. But that's just me. Like whenever there's like a restaurant and like, Hey, do you want dessert afterwards? I'm like, nah, but can we get an appetizer? Mm. That's like, that's what I want. I just want more food. Yeah. But well, that's a sick way because someone else who knows about food is David Chang's whose podcast we listened to this week. When yes, he sir. had special guest A.D. Wong, who, you know, his new movie, Boogie, came out this year, as well as he's the guy whose story Fresh Off the Boat on ABC was based off of. And he had a few, like, big-name restaurants in New York for a while. Mm-hmm. So um, you had me listen to it, and there's a lot of there's a lot to take away from it to, to like, kind of talk about more serious stuff. So let's I want you to take a lead on that, and then we can both talk about it. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, as soon as I heard that, and I've been listening to the David Chang podcast for a while now, and mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely recommend that podcast to people because it does a great, he does a great job of really, well, one, he talks about, you know, his expertise, which is food, but he also brings in a lot of other people to talk about many different things. Like he has a segment that talks about like uh, being a dad, other segments that talk about more, you know, other serious issues or new ideas of how to tackle certain things. And the episode I listened to was specifically focused on sort of Asian masculinity and how it's represented in the media, as well as, you know, just sort of the issues that's going on right now with Asian hate crimes. And the part that I want to first talk about is representation. And I think for me, you know, being Asian American, being Thai American, representation is not something I really thought about even growing up. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, you know, we, we see some people who are Asian who are on TV or in the media or anything like that. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Um, at least that's how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until probably as I was getting older that like you started to see more, you know, moments in media where it's like, wow, this is actually a pretty big deal. Like, I think the, the time where I really saw that the most, because um, I'm a basketball fan. And so seeing guys like Yao Ming, Jeremy Lin, and it's like when they had those moments, I was like, wow, like I feel really proud of, mm-hmm. you know, these individuals. And, 
you know, also, you know, with Tiger Woods as well, you know, he's, you know, he's half Thai, half black. And it's like, wow, like having that representation is, is, is almost something like as, as being Asian, we're not just book smart as people make it out to be, but we're also, you know, on the other side, athletic as well. So it's, it's like being able to see many different sides of a culture and be, and seeing my culture represented in the light that maybe other people could see it as well. And so that's, you know, that was one of the things they talked about was just how in how Asian representation matters. And I think, you know, you can speak about how, you know, your culture is being represented, but I think the part that I connected to um, most recently is with the movie Raya. Mm-hmm. Um, that one really spoke to me just because it is based off of Southeast Asian culture and, you know, being able to see different aspects of it represented was really cool. Like even the small details, because, you know, there, I won't reveal too much cause I know you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> <laughs> you, but being able to see like different aspects, like the certain um, like landscapes and scenery and the cities like was represented of, you know, like the, the famous Thai markets, you know, that, you know, you see, um, that, you know, in Thailand where like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the, the markets are so busy. Um, so just haven't seen that represented the food, actual like Asian food. It's like, it's like a Thai dish. I was like, Oh, I recognize that dish. Like, yeah. And it's not like your, your generalized dish of like pot Thai. Everybody knows mm-hmm. pot Thai, but it wasn't yeah. that it was like, wow, this is a soup that, you know, Thai people who, you know, actually eat and make at home. And it's mm-hmm. like, that was really cool to see. And so, I think, you know, having that true representation, not one that's just like, oh, well, hey, we just threw something in there just so that way, like we could say it's representation, but it's more like, okay, no, we took the time to really research, talk to people, bring on people onto our team who really is representative of the culture to make this and to have it be something real. Yeah, no, that's, that's good that you can like kind of confirm that they did to go out of their way to make sure that it was authentic and something that people from this like background can actually like see witness and be like yeah that's true I can acknowledge that that's something that I can relate to something like as you mentioned you grew up eating and it's not like this like the tradition not traditional but um general like oh you want Thai food let's go get pad Thai or pad siu or whatnot Mm -hmm. which is pretty good like yeah um Ryan and Lost Dragon out on Disney Plus in theaters right now by the way uh Ayo, it's probably my job, but <laughs> <laughs> but one thing about Raya that I, that you brought up that I'm actually curious to see your response is that when Raya was getting marketed and going to the promotion, a lot of comments on these on those like social p- posts were like, "Why is Disney making another Asian film? They just came out with Mulan as an animated film, and they did a live action adaptation just last year. Why why are they doing another one? Like they already made their point." How do you respond to that? Because I know why they made it, because obviously they're both different sides. They're both different cultures. I like saying like, oh, why did Disney make Coco, which is a Mexican film? They're gonna make Encanto, which is a Colombian film. They're both Latino. Why do we need another one? Like, mm-hmm. well, it's a different country, dude. It's a different part of the Latin American like um, cultural experience. But yeah, yeah, go ahead, take it. Yeah, and and you know, with that, I I, I would say it's really because you know, if you see Mulan, yeah, that's really talking about the Chinese culture. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're looking at Raya, it's really talking about the Southeast Asian culture. I mean, yeah, they're part of Asia. That That's what people see, but it's really two different cultures and, and being able to sort of see almost like two different worlds 
Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it that way because, you know, I, I think even for me growing up, it, there's always that personification of like, oh, all Asians are the same. You know, a Chinese person seems a Japanese person is the same as a Thai person, but yeah. really, no, they're not. I mean, I think what's the beauty of it is, is that the, the cultures are so different. And while it may seem similar in terms of like maybe views, uh, cultural views, or even, you know, like honoring a family, I think that's a theme that's really represented within the Asian culture. However, how it's portrayed and even some of the small nuances, that's what makes it different. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's what people can appreciate a little bit more. It's just like, hey, you know what, like what, what are the differences between watching Mulan versus watching Raya and, and being able to have that conversation and questioning and being able to talk to people and understand it more like, oh, okay, now I can kind of see what the difference is. Yeah. And talking about that, because um, in back going back to the David Ching podcast, him and Eddie were talking about how that like every year you would have maybe ten films that would be kind of like about love with featuring a, like an entirely white cast, and if they flop, they flop, they'll move on, they'll make another one. But if an Asian person were to make a film like that, and if it flops, they're like, okay, it failed, we're not going to do it anymore because it just holds more. Um, more risk there's like more there's more at st- there's more at stake for someone who's a minority making a film compared to what's generally what they're usually used to making mm-hmm. and that's what his response for boogie was like if boogie wasn't successful then filmmakers after eddie wouldn't necessarily get the same chance so he needs like there's a lot of like pressure there to make sure that you do a good job so someone else can do it and like he brought up how crazy rich agents did a good job bringing pretty much doing a story that can be any kind of white like a uh, story where it can be like a uh, 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 because it's about like a girl from New York marrying a guy from like Singapore. So it could have been a girl from New York who's white marrying a guy from England, right? Like a rich family that she has no, she can't relate to. She's trying her hardest to impress him, but the mom doesn't give a shit at first because she's kind of like, what is this? She would never understand what what's at stake here. And it could have been that, but instead you have an Asian cast doing it and it still delivers the same message. It just proves that you don't need only white people to do a story that anybody can relate to. You can have people of color be these characters without necessarily having to like, you know, make it an Asian show, like an Asian movie that only Asians can relate to. Anybody can relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, with with these types of movies, it's it's being able to, like you said, not only have Asians watch it and appreciate it but also to be able to have other people watch it and appreciate it too and 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 so that way they can sort of be sort of brought into you know like the world of hey this is what what sort of looks like for crazy rich asians to you know to uh show singapore and all the the greatness and and culture that there is there and being able to also see another movie that has that you know different culture as well and 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 that's what i liked about the with the david chang podcast what they talked about was just like if you had, you know, with, if you had a chance to really sort of prove yourself, especially in the media, being able to really put your full effort into it, or else there might not be another chance because, you know, it's one of those things where you really have to sort of represent, truly represent what that culture is and and not just have it be something like, oh, well, I, I kind of, you know, wanted to show this, but not really be fully represented. 
it may not go as well. And it may, it may leave other people who are trying to do the same thing and, and make it in the field. They may not have another chance. And that's why the stakes are so high of, you know, being a minority in the media. Most definitely, man. And like, for example, with the director for Crazy Rich Asians, he's directing In the Heights, which is a like a musical based on like Puerto Rican culture. But like it just because he's like one of like one culture doesn't mean he can like correctly like express the other culture. And I'm sure like Lin-Manuel Miranda trusts him to take up something that was so like beloved to him. Mm-hmm. And same with like um, James Wan, who did Aquaman, like this is like it doesn't matter what your what your identity is like you can probably do not even probably you can prove that you can still tell a story that doesn't have to be based on what your the director's like ethnicity is mm-hmm. or same with like chloe zell for for normaland like a story about homeless people across the united states this is a asian director who's directing a film about people in the u.s so like it just proves that like you don't have to be necessarily um white to talk about white stories you can like everyone can relate to it because it's a universal thing. Well, let me ask you then. You know, do you, in in those instances, like how important is it for, say, someone from a different culture to really sort of take the time and effort, I guess, to learn of a culture in order to create something? So, for example, like let's just say if I'm if I'm trying to make a movie about your culture, Martin, right, Hi. and how important is it for me to really like sort of learn and also be able to even maybe even bring in yourself or others of your culture into this project as well? Like how, how important is that? I think for something like that, like, yeah, at first I do think that it might be, if it's not a universal story, it might be a little difficult to tell like a, to like represent that within someone's like content, Mm. but also if it's like, how do I phrase it? Just because you have an all, let's say, a black, Latino, Asian cast, mm-hmm. if the people behind the scenes who are writing the script, who are producing this, the film, directing the film, if they don't have any kind of understanding of that culture, it, it's, still, it's not going to change anything. And that's a cool thing about like um, what Crazy Rich Asians did. It wasn't just the Asian cast. It was also Asians behind the scenes as well. So because mm-hmm. they're the ones who like... Like, let's just say like, oh, my director is Mexican. My cast is Mexican. But if my writers are white, they may not fully grasp what has happened that mm. they want to do with this story because mm. they may not actually relate to it themselves because they're going off. Because every story is off of what you have experienced, what you have witnessed, observed, gone through yourself. So if you're someone who doesn't have any, like, that's like me trying to direct like a Japanese film. Like, like I, I may not ever know what Tokyo looks like. If my film takes place in Tokyo, I don't know what Tokyo looks like. I've never been there. How can I talk about Tokyo if I've never been there type situation? But like when it's a universal story, whereas like Crazy Rich Asians, yes, it's about Asians in Singapore versus like the Asians from the actual Asian continent compared to Asians who grew up in the United States. It's a universal story. It's as if like I can relate to it, like because I'm Mexican-American, my experiences and upbringing are way different than my cousins who are actually born and raised in Mexico and vice versa. I'm pretty sure same with you, like you're Thai American, like your experience are different than maybe your family members who actually grew up in Thailand. So like, it just, it goes with that same idea. Or like, if you're American, like maybe you have like ancestry from Europe, your experiences are way different than what your ancestors went through in Europe. Mm-hmm. So like, we all can compare it to that. So I think it compares, or sorry, I think it depends 
on what the story is trying to unfold. But to answer your question, I think you can still do it because if you're supporting like cast as in behind the scenes, understand the culture and the experiences and help you like relay that message, I think you can still do a good job directing it. Yeah. And, right? and I, think, I, think yeah. I think that's how to explain it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, to that point, it is really like being able to truly understand and incorporate, you know, as best as you can, the culture, because, you know, I was reading something the other day that talked about tokenism and, and how like, you know, you've heard of like, oh, the token Asian guy, the token, you know, such and such. Yeah, person. yeah right. Yeah, and they so, all like, have archetypes and films. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it made me think about it. I was like, you know what, like, that's a good point where, you know, tokenism is okay. Well, I'm gonna include one small part of this culture in it, and I could say, oh, okay, now, cool. Like I, I'm woke, or I'm like I'm now representative <laughs> I'm of. Woke. Yeah, I'm, I'm including this culture, and, and yeah, that's he, what it is. Guys, guys, he used a tortilla instead of a fork for his food. Brilliant. Right. We have yeah. we have cured diverse issues. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just like you know, with with tokenism, it's like it, it, you have to go beyond that and be able to really say, like, you know what? I was intentional about these different culture pieces that I put into it. I spoke to people. I learned about culture through people. I included people as writers, directors, cast members who you know truly understand and have lived that culture. And now you can really start to say, you know what, I'm, I'm bringing that representation to the forefront. No, most definitely. And I don't know, like it, it could be a slippery slope when talking about that. Like, oh, if, you're, if your movie takes place in Mexico about Mexican like um, characters, is it okay to have an American born like director or whatnot? And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. well, the thing is like, there might be situations where that film was never able to take off because they were trying to find Mexican directors, but the studio heads weren't willing to like, commit to that. Mm-hmm. So like, if you are a big name director who was able to get the story to move forward, your responsibility now is like, cool, I was able to get this done, which I think is important. Now let me hire the best writers and producers who are from that culture that helped me deliver that story. Mm-hmm. I think that's one way to do it. Well, I, I feel like that's what I would do if I were like a, like a content creator in that sense. I would want, if I, because especially like as like cisgender males, like we're sometimes given like privilege and opportunities that we may not necessarily realize that we're being given. So we use that privilege for to the advantage of helping other people move forward and like uplift them. It can help like better like things or whatever. And my message is kind of getting a little disgruntled, but that's what I'm trying to say. Like if yeah. I was a director of a company, I'm going to make sure with all my power, I can give other people who may not have the same like opportunities as myself, a chance to move forward because it, I have that power to actually do that rather than just hiring people that look like myself. Yeah, that makes sense. But then that again, I, I would also want to hire people that look like myself. I feel like brown people are not represented in like entertainment as much either. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me a little bit more about that part of it. Like, you know, for, for your perspective and, and your own culture, like where, where do you feel there needs to be more of I feel like, so like me working in the entertainment industry, I can admit when I first got hired to my current company, my team, like there was only two people of color in the team. And it was a team of maybe like 15 like individuals. And look, none, and like there's, and I'm not saying none of them are, or any of them are like racist or like um, prejudice or whatever kind of like negative connotation. But the thing is like having that lack of representation made me kind of like behave differently than I would want to. Like, for example, I was walking to um, pick up, like it was one of my supervisor's birthdays. So they asked the assistants to go to portals to pick up like a cake for him. Mm-hmm. 
And while we were walking back, she like was drilling me with these questions about like ethnicity and stuff. And I told her, like, honestly, like, yeah, I feel I, I would have to admit, like in my interviews until this day, but I was still kind of fresh and new. So I felt like I had to like conform to a different kind of personality. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to speak in a different manner and tone than I usually would have friends. Obviously, there's like a professional environment where you speak very professionally and polite and, res- and respectful compared to like when you're out with your friends and you're just scooping mm-hmm. around. But for me, like if I was working with like another like Latino coworker, I feel like our vibe is just totally different than when I work with my white coworkers. Mm. And not because I'm like afraid of them or I'm trying to prove I'm worthy. I just think naturally growing up, I have to always be like I can um, impress them rather than like let them know I'm like, oh, this is just another Mexican guy. And like, and I'm not really the most like traditional Mexican either because I'm like, I'm white passing for sure. Mm-hmm. I do struggle with my Spanish. Like I would say I'm okay in Spanish, but not as like advanced or proficient as I would like to be. Like sometimes when I do speak Spanish, it kind of sounds a little white, not gonna lie, but I do read and write it pretty well enough mm-hmm. to feel like I'm confident. So like, I still go with that. And like, obviously compared to like my Latino friends, I'm kind of like the, oh, Martin's a white guy in the group. But compared mm-hmm. to my white friends, like, oh, Martin's a brown guy in the group. It's kind of like the identity, like I'm brown to some people, but then I'm white to other people. And it's like, there's like no balance to it. And just sometimes it's just, you're just like changing your personality based on the situation. Interesting. Do you feel like that makes you feel any sort of disconnected with yourself at all? Oh, most definitely. I feel like there's always like, when I go home to my family, like I, I'm like, because for one thing, I also... Um, work in entertainment, which is something that most like Latinos, especially growing up with my family, would never see themselves in. It's like, I studied business at college for a reason, but I want to study film, but there was just so much like uncertainty with being a film major that like, okay, I'll study business so I can make sure I get a good job. But I always wanted to steer my business degree into a industry where I can actually do something I was passionate for. And I'm fortunate to say that's what I'm doing today. But um, yeah, there's like when I go home, I am not the Mexican at home. I'm just like, I am the son who speaks more English than Spanish. But mm. when I'm like out with friends away from home, I am the Mexican, the group where I'm like, oh, hey, Martin, what should we, tr- I really want to get XYZ, where should we go? And I'd be like this, this, and this. And I'm like the pro, I'm like the, the go-to guy. But once I'm back home, I'm the guy who doesn't know shit. You get humbled real quick. <laughs> humbled, yeah, hell yeah. Especially like when I would speak Spanish to my dad, my mom would correct me like, "No, it's not like that." I'm like, "Oh, sorry, my bad." And now I have to like try it again. And my dad and my dad and I can still talk to each other. My dad understands English very well, so I can like speak very much Spanglish to him, and he'll mm. be totally fine. But because my mom was born here, um, she speaks both fluently, so like to her, I can easily switch to English when I need to, so I don't have to try speaking Spanish to her. But with my dad, obviously, I need to try speaking Spanish get my point around or across. And then my mom be like correcting me as I'm t- talking Spanish. Like, oh, it's not like this. You're using the wrong con- conjugation, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or like same when I talk to my girlfriend's parents because they don't know English at all. So I'm like, I gotta make sure I deliver the right message. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'll just make sure my, my, if they ask me something, I'll just answer very quickly. Like I'll just put short statements. So I don't have to speak and like too much where it makes me kind of look bad. Mm. Or, or I may accidentally say the wrong, wrong thing or something. That's that's interesting. I think yeah. that's that that's something where it, you know it, it can be challenging sometimes, especially with your significant other. Of just like how how do I 
you know, make sure that I'm giving off the best impression I can of myself to my significant mm-hmm. other's family. Cause I think I, I, I struggled with the same thing initially when um, I first started dating my wife and, you know, she's uh, Chinese American. And so okay. I don't speak one lick of Chinese, but <laughs> I remember when I, I first met her parents, I was like, shit, like I am in deep right now. I'm like, I, I'm trying to still speak to them because they speak a little bit of English and I'm starting to like, you know, of course, trying to impress them, trying to be on their good side. Um, yeah. But it's it was hard just because I'm just like, I don't like there's just a huge communication barrier. And oh, the most. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Like, like when they would they love to invite me over for dinner because they, mm-hmm. they, they want to include me. And I love them for that. Like, I really appreciate that. They really like every time I go back home, be like, oh, do you think Martin would want to have um, dinner on Saturday? I'm like, uh, sure, maybe. And then they'll invite me over mm-hmm. and Laura my girlfriend would encourage me to go to like outside with her dad as he's grilling and try to like have small talk. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll go up to her, be like, hi, we'll, I'll be saying this in English, but obviously the whole combo will be in Spanish. But like, yeah. oh, hey, how are you? Like, oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well too. And he's like, oh, how do you like your chicken? I'll be like, oh, I like it. Whatever, cooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, cooked. It's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's chicken. You know what I mean? Like, we just be trying to talk. He's like, oh, how's work? I'm like, oh, it's doing pretty good. And he's like, do you still work for the same company? Like, yep. Any new, like, things you're coming out with i'll tell like oh there's new show or movies coming out or whatnot and it'd be like that just like very like quick q a type thing Mm. and we can't really dive into too much because obviously the extent of me speaking spanish gets eventually to a wall like Mm. how much can we talk and sometimes when i'm on a roll i I can keep going and i'll encourage like more talking but or more conversation but he can tell like like okay he's kind of almost at his limit let's see like i can't mm-hmm. i can't like talk too much which is pretty good because we don't have to talk about politics we don't have to talk about health <laughs> we don't have to talk about like any kind of current controversial shit because he doesn't have to drill me i don't have to drill him so really? it's all good but i will say because um she want me that she did want me to ask her dad for permission to date her mm-hmm. so i was like pacing back and forth like okay how do i say it how do i say it without sounding too bad i was like <laughs> i need to impress this man but yeah that's yeah, definitely, man. I, I totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah. And, and sometimes like what I started to notice after a while, it was like, you know what? I, I, I could not speak a lick of Chinese, but the fact that I, I attempted just being there so often and, and, and spending time with them, like I just picked up it naturally and mm-hmm. I started to use it here and there. And I think there was just sort of an appreciation from them. It's like, wow, like this guy didn't have to learn Chinese. Yeah, like, he's trying, he's trying, you know, he's yeah. trying. And then also like, the fact that he's he's consistent and just sort of showing up and you know eating dinner with us and and just being present it, it means a lot in the long run and, and i think that's really what was cool about that you know of course i'm i'm now married to my wife and it's just like it it, it it shows just like you know what like i the fact that you can just sort of spend time in someone else's culture you may not understand them right off the bat but the fact that you you took the time to just you know really learn and 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 be genuine about it i think yeah that starts to really sort of change someone into really being more embracing of another culture yeah and but like it it could also come with that negative side like well you're mexican you're first generation yet you don't speak as much spanish oh yeah how do you talk to your dad? I'm like, I do talk to my dad. Like we can talk. It's just, there's a point where I'm going to start throwing in English words because I just don't know it. Right. But I totally, but the thing is like, I totally understand what they're saying too. Like I have no problem listening and knowing every single word they say. 
because I understand it fluently. It's just my ability, my ability to actually respond isn't as fluent as my understanding. Because like mm-hmm. my dad would give me a whole ass story. My dad loves to talk and I love to listen to him too. It's actually one of like, I wouldn't, I would ask my dad like, hey, do you want to just, I would say you want to help me wash the cars when I come back home. But instead mm-hmm. of just being me washing it, just me listening to my dad. Sorry, me washing the cars as I listen to my dad mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. And I can, and I'm like, yeah, that's, I'll just say, yeah, that's cool. And then I just, he'll keep going. And I know everything he says, but if he asks me, like, what do you think? I'm like, oh yeah, uh, I think that blah, blah, blah. But then it'll be just, it'll, I'll just cut it there. I'm like, oh wait, let me go watch this part real quick. Yeah. <laughs> then I would want him to keep going. So like, so it is kind of challenging because like you would want, like, I don't have that excuse. Like you're like, oh, I didn't, you didn't grow up Chinese, but I grew up Mexican. <laughs> I grew up eating all the food. I grew up listening to my parents speak Spanish. I grew up to like see my parents watch novellas, yet me for some reason, and I'll dive into it right now in a few moments, I just didn't learn Spanish. And the reason why is because when I went to school, I felt, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's just me remembering things poorly because my community was very Mexican. It was predominantly white and Mexican, Mm -hmm. but me growing up, I was kind of made fun of for being Mexican and speaking Spanish. And they would want me to speak English there. So I felt like mm. I kind of like uh, resented my my identity for a lot of my my youth. And it wasn't until college where I felt like, because back home, um, I was Mexican enough to hang out with Mexicans, but I wasn't white enough to hang out with the whites for the mm. most part. Mm-hmm. And while I was in college, I wasn't Mexican enough to hang out with the Mexicans anymore because they were very proud and had a lot of like um, confidence in their background and love for themselves. Rather with me, I was always kind of like tight, like tight roping between both sides of the American, like um, uh, what American environment. I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know what the word Pat, but or words. American, <laughs> Mer- I guess the American upbringing as well as the Mexican yeah. upbringing. I was kind of in the middle. So like my homemates who were like Mexican and they would talk about stuff to me. And like, we'll bring up things in Spanish and I'll understand, but I would respond in English. And it'd be kind of like, mm. why are you responding in English? I'm like, oh, not, nothing, nothing, no reason. <laughs> like I had a really good friend in college where she didn't speak English at all. She spoke mm. Spanish. Mm. So people will find it weird that we're having a full ass dialogue, her in Spanish, me in English, but we mm. know exactly what we're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there was no like um, language barrier because I knew what she was saying she knew what I was saying. We just both responded in the language we felt more comfortable in. And that's yeah. just how our whole friendship was. And, and I had like people go up to me like, hey, why don't you talk to me in Spanish? I'm like, and then she would have responded like, oh no, he's fine. Like, I know exactly what he's saying. And, and I'd be like, yeah, I know what she's saying too. Like, we're just, we're just friends like that. That's just how it was. That's real talk, man. I, I think that's, that's a really good point that you bring up of just that, that dif- divide in between of where, where, where am I at on this? You know, am I more Mexican? Am I more American? Am I both? Can I, you know, kind of, can I be both or be one or the other and like struggling with that growing up? Because yeah, I mean, that, that is something I, I felt like I even struggled with a little bit in college as well, because, you know, I, yeah, I grew up learning Thai and my parents really enforcing that I spoke Thai all around the house and I think that's how I really learned it but then once I got to college I'm like okay I meet some Thai people that's cool but then it's like oh no these are Thai people from Thailand and I I was humbled real quick like yeah I I don't truly 
know even like how to formally speak Thai. Like, I feel like I know sort of like casual Thai, I guess, enough to get by and conversation. Yeah. But then like I start to learn more like, oh, okay, wow, this is vastly different. And I felt a little ashamed, you know, that I'm like, you know, I, I why don't I know enough to be able to speak fluently or be able to understand like certain things that, mm-hmm. you know, other people know about that I don't uh, of my culture. And it's like, wow, like I, I, I almost felt like I, I was missing a piece of my culture because I didn't have that. And, and, and I had to sort of reflect like, you know what, like I'm, I also have to acknowledge like I, I am Thai American, you know, there was yeah. just sort of a, a, a way of upbringing that I had that is different from other people. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'm, I'm working on it now. And I'm very proud of my culture. Like I've, fortunately I am a history buff. So I do understand a lot of like Mexican history as well as like American history. So I just feel like I feel really enriched now. And thanks to my girlfriend, of course, she she helped enrich me with all the culture and um, just understanding more about traditions and stuff. Because like, even though, because especially with different parts of Mexico, like where my family's from, it's not as, um, what would, well, their traditions are not as stereotypical as what you would think with Mexican traditions are. Like cocoa represent a lot of like South Mexico Mm-hmm. which is like which is yeah it's it's authentic it's real but my family is more from the north which is a lot more i guess you can say americanized mm-hmm. a lot more modernized and not this it's not that much the same like yeah there's still aspects are similar but it's definitely different too so like i'm learning more about that like aztec indigenous like passion and like um history that like a lot of southern mexico represents through like my girlfriend and her family but I can't say my family didn't either, but like, it's just, it is different like atmospheres for sure. Okay. Mm. Love it. Love culture. <laughs> yes. Which is what this podcast aims to deliver. Like we're like, we're just two guys like talking about culture and the meaning behind it. And hopefully this helps like any kind of, any listener, like understand that like, Hey, we, we also have these identity problems too. Like this imposter syndrome where like, we may not, we like to some people we are the epitome of what what our background is, but then to the people who are actually from the background, we're, we're the foreigners. Absolutely, yeah. So like, and yeah. I, I, that's a great actually transition to sort of my last thing I wanted to bring up, which is the the whole foreigner aspect of it. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's what I feel like is going on right now um, with like the Asian community of, you know, seeing Asians as being foreigners as you know i i'll point it out right now like that that there's a lot of just anti-asian hate crimes that's going on right now that i i honestly i think it's disgusting because you it's know terrible i'm 100 yeah, with you yeah yeah and it's like being able to deem asians as the one the cause of the pandemic calling them you know coronavirus and all that shit i think it's one the chinese virus yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's fucked up and it then is. the other part of it now it's taken to the, the part of, Hey, you know what? We're going to beat up on elderly Asian people who can't defend themselves because we, we blame them for mm-hmm. all this that's happening in the world. And like, I, I, one, I don't understand what the hell that's going to solve. Like what is beating down an old Asian guy, taking him down to the, to the curb, bringing him to death, basically the hell is that going to solve nothing. It's not going to solve shit. And, and I think that that was one of the things that was brought up in the, the David Chang pod that, you know, it made me really think about, you know what, with everything that's going on around that, I, 
I, I, I see it to be so important one to look out for one another to make mm-hmm. sure, Hey, our, our, you know, if we see like a, like an old, old Asian person who's walking, you know, walk with them or make sure they're okay, that they have somebody with them, but being accountable for my family now as well, making sure like they're safe, but being also to think about like self-defense, honestly, like, do yeah. I need to get to a point where like, I need to be able to defend myself if some, some dude rolls up on me and like, you know, calls me coronavirus and, and tries to beat me up. I might yeah. need to, honestly, because I, I, I need to be able to stand up for myself and for the, my culture and, 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 you know, my background, because this is just not, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's terrible that this happens to anyone, especially like you mentioned, elderly person, regardless of their identity, like this is someone who in any kind of situation is not going to have a fair fight. You're like a 20 year old, 30 year old abuser, like, like attacker who's going after someone who can't defend, even if they were aware that you're going to come at them, they can't defend themselves. They're already past that, like life and they're, they're already past that part in their life where they can actually fight like evenly in the, in a straightforward way. So even, so the point I'm trying to make is that whatever reason rationale these attackers think they have, like, even if you make it a fair fight, it'll never be fair because you are 40 years younger and you are always going to win regardless of the situation, but their motive for doing it is, is like you said, it's disgusting just because you think that this pandemic or whatnot is happening due to this single individual who may be from China, who may not even be from China. China has nothing to do with it in the first place, but for their motive to do that, you're, you're stupid in the head. You need to seek therapy and you need to, you need to really understand like, is, is your toxic masculinity really going to help you think that this is, this is like okay to do? Like, there's no reason for you to be attacking some random individual, let alone blaming them for something that's happening to you. Yeah. And I don't know, like the, the, the mindset I always have is that like, okay, we're in this situation. What are we going to do about it? And I can guarantee you like by, by beating on someone who is an old Asian guy or old Asian person, it, I, it's not going to eradicate the coronavirus. It's not. And it's no, not, not also, it's also not going to, you know, get rid of what's already been done. And so I think being able to understand like the full picture of like, you know, like what, what, why are we, one, why are we doing this? And then two, like, what's the situation and how can we sort of approach it in a way where now we're actually focused on, okay, here's the pandemic. Let's do what we can to, to, to manage that. And then also be able to understand like, Hey, what's, what is sort of stopping some, what, what is sort of stopping you from understanding another person to the point where you feel violence is the answer to it. And, and I think that's something where I feel really strongly about is that like, you know what, like, are we at that point where we see someone as such a foreigner as, as, as so much beyond just the human being that we can't even begin to understand who they are, where they're from, that they may be different than us and that we can start to acknowledge them as a person that we're going to start to, you know, beat on them, whatever. That's the part that I, I'm just really baffled by. And it's terrible because a lot of the situations is that they don't want to understand it. 
is that their their choice is they're different from me and I'm better than them because I'm different than them. And because they're of this identity, I have the right to do what I want to do just because they're not white. And like, like it's that complete ignorance and stubbornness that like, or just complete like, um, like inability to understand like a human's life is a human's life regardless of identity or culture. Like they just choose like, no, I'm the, I'm the aggressor here. I'm the oppressor and I have the right to do whatever I want just because of my current status. And I can yeah. do whatever I want. I don't, I don't want to understand. Like I am choosing to do this way because I actually do. I, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And I want you dead. Yeah. And I don't care if you try to educate me because I'm never going to agree. Yeah. And <laughs> the shit that like, sort of like, uh, it makes me almost like laughing in a very like sort of angry type of ways. I like, I'm sure these are the same people who are going to go home and grab a, you know, uh, take out food from a Chinese restaurant or going to go watch like, you know, like, a you know, uh, going to go watch Raya, going to go watch Mulan or whatever. And it's just like, really? Like, so you can appreciate what we put out there for you, but you can't appreciate us. It's mm-hmm. just like, like, I don't get that. Yeah. Or like they'll, they're going to go vacation in Singapore because they have beautiful hotels and beaches or whatnot. Singapore has beaches, right? Pretty sure. I don't know. Or Japan, let's just say Japan. Yeah, they definitely have beaches. And you're going to go to Tokyo because like, it's such a beautiful, crazy city. But you're going to come back to the United States and you're going to just attack and just like oppress every kind of Asian person that comes across you because you just, you think you're better. You happen to be taller and you just think you're stronger and whatnot. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, you know, the direction I, I, I really want to sort of put all this into perspective was that like, uh, I'm I'm not trying to over be here and say like, hey, you know, Asians are the best or, you know, hey, respect us because X, Y, and Z. Because I think, you know, growing up from my background, one of the things I always struggled with was the model minority. And, you know, I, other people always saw us like, oh, hey, you get straight A's, you do well in school, all that shit. I didn't want that. I didn't want that label to be put on me. You know, I, I wanted to just live my life, but other others decided, you know what, we're going to put that label on you. And now we already created a barrier that is putting us against you. And so I just want to shine a light on that piece of it for people to understand like, hey, as being an Asian person, we don't want to have that label for one. And two, we want to be able to have others just appreciate just different cultures for what it is and to be able to accept people for who they are and, and under, at least try to understand them first before you start to take on rash actions or make judgments because that's really the dangerous part you know if you fully cannot understand a person for who they are it's really going to lead you down a path where i'm just going to make the snap judgment and that could be someone's life 100 percent, and that's why we wish more people can give themselves that right and freedom to actually pick the decisions and believe the ideas that they want to believe for themselves rather than like continue believing toxic masculinity or toxic misconception because of the environment they were raised in. Because yes, I know we have to respect our parents and, and their word is final. But when you get to that age when you can actually think for yourself, feel free to challenge what your parents may be teaching you. And I'm not saying to like, you know, um, like take a stand against them, but like take an opportunity to educate yourself and look like 
and take a time to reflect and be like, huh, maybe Mexicans aren't rapists and criminals like our president once said, or former president, I should say. Like, that's not always true. And yes, any, any individual could be a bad person, regardless of their race. Like, yes, we're going to have a rapist from all countries. We can have a criminal from all countries. But that doesn't mean that they speak for the entire population. As, as is with, if, you know, most, most, most shootings are from white people. We don't say all white people are shooters. Right. So why would you say all black, brown, Asian individuals are XYZ negative, mm-hmm. like, um, personality trait? Like, yeah. they're, like, we, you have to, you have to treat people the way you want to be treated. Like if your cousin went around and killed someone and they have the same ethnicity as you, does that give us the right to say like, hey, because that person who looks just like you did that thing, I'm going to also believe you're going to do it too. So I'm going to, I'm not going to let you go to any of my restaurants. I'm not going to let you shop any of my stores because I saw someone who looks like you do something and I'm afraid that you're going to do it too. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't want to be treated that way, right? So now, now time to think about with anybody else like just because someone did something that they don't speak for the entire like like i said population so i'm just going redundant but yes our podcast is to aim at that possibility where you can actually teach yourself and learn new things and be welcome to new um you know perspectives and from there form your own opinion and with that forming new opinion you might actually learn to appreciate life and not think that everything is always like good versus evil. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great way to, to sort of like bring together like what we want to do with this podcast moving forward is really to be able to bring in, you know, different perspectives of culture to where people can really learn about it. And, and not to say that, you know, like our, our, again, not to say that our view is what's right, but really to give you just sort of more perspectives to make your own informed decision. And I think it'll be awesome when we can bring on, you know, guests as well, uh, you know, cause they yeah. can share their culture and be able to share a bit more about themselves. And I think what I'm really excited about is, you know, when, of course, when things open up and we can really start to be more active, um, be able to have the, our guests talk about a food that's really like meaningful to them in their culture and for us to try it and be able to talk about it because I think food really, again, lays the, the, the groundwork of us having just sort of deep conversations. 100%. And as just to make things clear, no one should be anti whatever, right? Like we're not anti white or anti American, as you can tell, our whole identity is based on this American upbringing, where we are proud to be American. And we're also proud to be the background that we were born into from our parents and where they came from. And we know how to understand and appreciate both sides while also feeling as a foreigner to both sides. Mm-hmm. So like we we just, how do I close it? <laughs> we want to let, we want to appreciate everybody as if everyone should appreciate ourselves as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That is, there it is, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> you know, Charlie's the one that can formulate things better than I do. I'm just a loud one who gets mad. I'm just the one who gets temper. I'm like, hey, 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 what are you doing over there? Maybe um, I need more of that. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I, I sure hope that you don't have to ever have to put yourself in a situation to defend yourself, dude. Like, that's, like, I, I think about that, too, every day. Like, I'm a small guy, but I also feel confident in myself to get in a fight. So, like, I don't mind. Like, if someone needs to get in a fight, I, I'm, I'm willing to do it. 
if I lose, I lose, but at least I protected anybody I can. Yeah, I I think more and more that I I just sort of start to really reflect on, you know, my upbringing and and what it means to me, but also being able to see like where I stand in the grand scheme of everything. It, it really makes me think. Yeah, my yeah my parents, you know, raised me to not make waves to you know to be good to be respectful to people okay i'll still be that until you know shit goes down and i'm you know put in a place where i'm disrespected or other people are disrespected and i have to stand up for myself at that point you know what fuck it like if i gotta go down i gotta go down because i'm not about to put my life in danger or people i love in danger for you know some stupid shit because i believe that I, you know, other people should not be harmed in that way. Yeah, make it a fair fight. Don't make it five on one. Like, come on, if you're such a man, 1v1 me. <laughs> 1v1 me, bro. <laughs> like, well, you think you're so tough with five against one person? Like, come on. If you're in the same, if you're in like in that person's shoes, you're going to think like, this is, this is fucked up. I can't beat five guys. So, yeah, do one on one. If you really have a problem, be a man and fight like a true man. No weapons, just your fists. Don't bring a knife. Like, come on. The whole purpose of having those weapons, if someone breaks into your home, yes, you defend yourself. But like, if you're out on the street, like, relax. So I don't know. I'm just, this is me getting mad. Um, but yes, so closing remarks. We are excited for this, where this podcast is going. And we're hoping to make this a, maybe once a week, maybe at one to every two weeks type thing. So if, if anybody has any kind of questions, I'm sure there's like a discussion forum to each of these podcasts wherever you can upload them. So feel free to post your comments and let's talk, let's tackle topics together. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely be bringing up some stuff that, you know, we've heard, we've listened to. And I think, you know, with this pod, like, I think it's a really an open forum for a lot of things that we feel that is of meaning. Like, you know, today, like I brought up a podcast that I've been listening to that really spoke to me that really something I wanted to comment on, you know, next time my theme might have something like it could be a, a, a quote, it could be a book, it could be whatever that is really of meaning that we want to bring up here. And I think it, as we start to build this more and more, we're going to find so many different things that's going to have meaning that we're going to bring to the forefront. For sure. I know next podcast, I want to talk about masculinity and if men can cry. Hell yeah. We'll Let's leave it at it. that. Like, I want to talk about that next time. Let's like, do it. How we feel about that. Yeah. And we're going to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. Be sure to listen to us on all available podcast apps where this podcast may be found. And Charlie, thank you for your wisdom. And thank you for making things sound a hell of a lot smarter. <laughs> we good. We good. Night. <laughs>